Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us. I am, as always, your humble host, and today we are in store for another fun-filled episode. We're going back into the world of sales, and we're going to hopefully get back to basics Corey Bray is joining us here on the program. Corey, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. Great to see you. Great to see you too, Corey. And thank you for joining us on today's episode. I know the audience is looking forward to this because, yeah, we're going to get away from what are the, the five easy steps to being a, a good sales pro, the, the six secret superpowers you can install today. Instead, what we're going to do, we're going to get back to basics. We're going to focus on what are some of the basics that your average sales professional, be they entry level or seasoned, that they can implement into their routines to help them be more professional and maybe more successful. But before we get there, Corey, let's do a quick introduction to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Who are you and what got you so prominent in the world of sales? Well, I don't know how prominent I am, but I'm <laughs> I'm the, I'm the co-founder of a couple of businesses that are in the sales world. So one of them is Closed Loop. We're a 13-person sales consulting firm that works with B2B sales organizations to fortify and scale their sales teams. And my more recent venture is Coach CRM, or a software company that helps managers become more effective coaches and helps executives get visibility and insight into what's going on related to coaching across their teams. Absolutely necessary, especially right now where everybody's kind of uh, dispersed. Not everybody's in the office. So being able to have tools that are there to help effectively with coaching and training. I was in the world of sales coaching for, oh my goodness, three years or so leading my sales development team. So I know when COVID hit, it was, uh, it was a big shock for a lot of people. And thankfully, my industry was in the greater telecommunications uh, in cybersecurity industry. So I was able to you know use the, the stuff we're actually selling to customers to stay in touch. Yeah, to your point, it, it, it's important right now to, to have effective means of training, not just the teams, but also the, the leadership. And maybe that's one thing that we can focus on today is where we spend sometimes a little too much of our time. And it's trying to find, you know, what is that that secret ingredient in the secret sauce for the Big Mac? What is that, you know, that one magic pill I can take to make me, you know, have my superpowers and I think at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that we focus on, it's just, it's white noise. We have to really go back to the chapter in, it was a Brandon Bordanson's Sales Secrets, uh, Back to the Basics, which uh, you you authored there. So Corey, let's kind of start things off there. Getting back to the basics for your average salesperson, what would you recommend as we start things off? You know, if you're intro into sales, you're brand new, you're starting to learn things, you know, it's a lot. You're drinking through a fire hose, right? So 
what would be some of the, the, the basics that you would recommend for your entry-level salesperson to maybe start to look at and learn before they try to digest all the other uh, facets that include uh, the world of sales? Yeah, I'm just going to give one thing. I think there's one thing that works and it works for entry level. It works for senior executives and everybody in between. It's identify where you're going and work backwards. You use the Big Mac analogy. I love that. I don't eat Big Macs because I don't like sauces outside of barbecue. Whole nother story. But the idea is what what's the end goal with a Big Mac? Well, it's for a customer to open it up and be excited about how it looks, how it feels, and then how it tastes. And it's got to have consistency. It's got to align with what they expect. And they've got to feel like they got their money's worth. And the same principles can be applied to sales where wherever you're at, you're going somewhere. So being able to identify specifically where am I going? What's that future state look like? And if you're entry level, it might be booking a meeting with someone and having them show up. If you're further along in your career, it might be closing a big deal or potentially it could be managing a team and then escalating, building a team or even doing M&A and making that successful. So whatever it is, being able to identify specifically what is that future state and then working backwards through all the steps that are needed to get there, all the risks that might come into play and how you're going to handle those at every step. If you know that and you have a plan, it might not always work out, but at least you're you're in a better position than if you're just shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I one of the things I want to you know turn towards in that regards is, well, I hear a lot of entry-level sales and especially in the B2B world where if you're brand new, you might not be used to having to outline things in such a definitive way. Like here, this is what I want the outcome to be for the conversation. I think sometimes we almost see the entry-level sales pro, or in some cases, some of your seasoned sales pros, who they are afraid of setting that standard. This is what we're going to do today. And they sometimes go in more squishy. I'll see what your problems are. I'll see what your pain points are. But to your point, if you're able to identify where that that end destination is on Google Maps, right? Where where are we actually going to? That makes the conversation a lot easier because now there is an expectation on behalf of the the prospect you're speaking to. They understand, okay, this is where we're heading and this is what we're going to do to get there and it's not a matter of that okay, when when are they going to drop the bomb? When when's the ask going to come? Yeah. So how, how could you recommend, I guess, for maybe your, your again, it could be the entry-level folk or it could be, again, the individuals who are more seasoned. How can we get past that hurdle, that mental hurdle sometimes that we put in our way where we feel we might be a little too aggressive or too pushy and push them the wrong way? Well, it's, it's interesting because when we're talking about entry-level salespeople and finding success, there's two individuals I've worked with that come to mind, Amy and Ratish. And they had never been involved in sales before until they came and worked with, with us. And we Hillman and I, we worked with, I don't know, tens of thousands of salespeople over the years. These are the two folks that stick out. Ratish went to MIT for a year and dropped out. Uh, Amy has a, I think she has a master's in engineering from Harvard. <laughs> what, what do these two people have in common? They have engineering brains. That's how they think. They're process oriented. They're, Ratish calls this his sales algorithm. And what what we've realized is that the folks that have an engineering background, that have a process orientation to their, their day-to-day, they pick up how to be a great salesperson very quickly. They know how to execute the base case, they know how to identify the edge case, and they know how to adapt because that's how they've been trained. Now, other folks who might not have been trained that way, that's fine, great people, but they've got a harder time because maybe what, what they went through in their education was more about writing a seven-page paper with something that was a little more of a squishy rubric so now it's this idea of, oh, I'm talking to people. 
well, as we grow up, we don't have a lot of structure around our conversations. You know, your, your friends don't have, they don't have grading rubrics around how good of a friend you are. It's, it's, it's fairly fluid, but coming into sales, if you add more structure and process orientation to your, your day to day, you're going to be more successful. You're going to learn the basics faster, execute on those. And then when those edge cases pop up, then you can react to them instead of just drowning like a lot of people do. Yep. Yeah. Oh, adding the processes, you know, adding the, uh, the, the, I look at, uh, blocking out times in my calendar to say, okay, yeah. I have to, I have this time block where I have five, you know, and I don't even, I don't even say it's five. Usually it's like I have five calls maybe that I have to do. I have to do these five calls and, and you know, something like that, it makes it a lot easier versus going into each day and just look at the, you know, the, the blank piece of paper and you're like, okay, I have no, I have no idea where to start that can be overwhelming. So I think what you just said there, setting the structure, getting the processes in place, not only will that help create the structure that you're looking for, but then it's something that you can go back at the end of the day and say, yes, I accomplished X, Y, and Z. You can, If you feel better checking off the boxes, yeah. you can do that, right? Within the day, within the deal, within different dimensions. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was talking to a manager that's one of our coach CRM customers yesterday and he was complaining that one of his reps wasn't doing what they needed to do. And I said, show me their calendar. And he did. And then he solved the problem immediately without me saying anything. Show me their calendar is my most common phrase that I use when I'm talking to coach CRM customers. It's incredible because Every time someone, 100% of the time that someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, they show me their calendar and it looks like just a blank ocean. Yep. So when you're looking at, when you're looking at somebody's calendar, if it is that, that blank ocean, right? And I was writing down, what do you see, not just maybe in that, that blank world, but maybe the, the calendars that are full, but maybe yeah. they're not full of the right things. What are the top things you're identifying are not high return on investment time activities or dare I say, just wasteful overall. Like meetings with marketing. Okay. I'm joking. Come on. That's funny. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. We need to meet with marketing and give us leads. Marketing is great. But it, one of the things is that you're not chunking like activities together. So I, 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 one manager comes to mind. I was looking at their calendar and they had one-on-ones Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And I'm like, why do you have one-on-ones every day? I don't know. That's just how it's been. Well, what do you think the impact of that is? Well, like, you, know, you go down that line of questioning, all of a sudden they realize, oh, gee whiz, I can't do them all at once, but I can do them in two blocks. And then I open up time for the rest of the things. I think that people are generally good at not putting wasteful things on their calendar, but the empty blocks then lead to waste or they put things on their calendar that they're going to do and they just don't do them because they're doing something else. Yep. So I did that yep. this morning. I've got to work. What about, like, what about like the, the time wasters? Like, so like going through email, right? I, I hear that all the time. Oh, I have to go through my email. And, and that's that shouldn't be, in my personal opinion, I shouldn't be a time waster. Like that should just be no. one of those things that's quick. What else do you see when you're looking at calendars that are wasted? Well, going, through, going through email, people think that they have to repeat emails right away. And you don't because nobody cares. So look at it every hour, every two hours. It doesn't matter. I, I remember there was, there was a woman named Jackie that worked for me early in my career. And she was getting frustrated that people were coming and telling her, I need this. I need this right now. And my, my coaching to her was, hey, next time someone tells you they need it right now, finish what you're doing. She smoked cigarettes. So I said, go outside and smoke a cigarette. Come back in and then do it. And see if the world changed. See if they're any less happy when the, when the results completed. It wasn't. There was no difference at all. So I think 
misapplying urgency to things. If you go back to the Eisenhower matrix about around four quadrants, is it urgent and is it important? And being able to plot out all the things that you do on that, that dimension. Yeah. Is that Stephen Covey? Was that one of his things too? Was it Stephen Covey? Yeah. He he figured that he could just take president Eisenhower's work and just call it his own. I was going to say that sounds eerily familiar. Okay. So we're going to have to, we have that plagiarism suit on behalf of Eisenhower. So (laughs) he he gave us the interstate highway system and the Covey matrix. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll take I eighty one right to the uh, the matrix. So how about this? You are an eight time author, Corey, and I, I was going through some of your books, and uh, one of the books stood out because just it's a unique name, and I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more. What is the idea of triangle selling? Hmm. It's selling triangles. Who doesn't need a triangle? <laughs> better better than the rectangle uh, row homes that we're used to in Philadelphia. Eh? Yeah, yeah. No. So the idea of triangle selling is it's a sales methodology that can be decomposed into frameworks and combined with other sales methodologies. I'll get to why that matters here in a second. But it's it, it's a complete set of frameworks for sellers in the modern day to use to prospect, to close deals, and to service customers. And the, the triangle comes from there's three aspects of any deal. There's the reason that someone would do business with you, pain in B2B. There's the resources that you need to uncover. And this could be things like financial resources, political resources, intellectual resources, which gives into quantifying the pain that you've uncovered. And then the third aspect of the triangle is resistance, the objections that you might run into or the deal resistance that, that could exist. So the, the three aspects of the triangle are then supported by several frameworks like plan for structuring meetings and creating velocity, share for doing demos, help for creating velocity between meetings. We've got a bunch of different acronyms that we lay on there. So in one page, you've got your entire set of frameworks that you use from opening a conversation through renewal, common language across teams so people are executing on the same page, managers are able to easily coach. And one of the things I joke about, people say, oh, it's so many acronyms. I say, do you know what mitochondria is? They know. Do you know what photosynthesis is? They know. Okay, cool. So you know a thousand page biology book. This is a one page document. Let's put some energy into it. Let's roll. They do. And it's it's a beautiful thing. It's exhausting hearing people say, I don't have the time to learn this new thing, or I don't have the mental capacity and space to learn this new thing. It's like, you're going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix for three hours yeah. and retain that information. Why can't we use that same time, energy, and effort or lack thereof? You retain it. That's the, that's the other funny thing. This whole concept that videos can train salespeople is just the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. It doesn't work. And if, and tips and tricks don't work either. You opened it with that. So whenever someone says, hey, do you have any tips for me? I was like, okay, so here's my thing about tips. Go to a stand-up comedy show and the next day try to tell a joke that you heard. <laughs> Nobody can do it. I've studied stand-up comedy. I struggle to do it. I've got a 20-minute set that I can do. I still can't do it. And, and, and that's what it is. That's why we use frameworks and acronyms. And that's why we structure anything that we do with rigorous reinforcement after as rigorous as a client wants. That's what works. It's adult learning. It's not freaking uh, entertainment. Yeah. Well, how how badly do we want sometimes? And we, see, I mean, I'm not trying to bring it to the world of politics, but I saw somebody who was like, wow, you're surprised that you learned that something bad happened on behalf of the Ukrainians. I'm sorry that war isn't a superhero movie. And I think right there, we sometimes see that we, by and large, 
want to almost romanticize everything we do in life. It's like, well, that's how it happened in the movies. They were able to go find that secret email that gave yeah. them all the little, you know, the, the 10 easy steps to make your life perfect. And they were able to implement it. Why can't I? It's like, because it, that's not real life. That's well, people don't want any of this stuff. People don't right. want software. People don't want sales training. People don't want any of these things. They need them. What they want is the outcome. And the things that we're talking about are the inputs that allow them to realize that outcome, plain and simple. Yeah, well, people want outcomes. Let's talk about that. And I, I forget the expression. I think it, I'm going to butcher it. But when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But yeah. rather, you're not selling the hammer, nor are you trying to just put in a nail. But rather, maybe you're trying to hang a picture on the wall. And that's maybe where I think we sometimes overanalyze things. We we try to think, okay, how can I best position this hammer? Is it the nicest hammer? Is it stainless steel or is it wood? Like what kind of nail are we going to use? What are you putting the nail into versus what are you trying to accomplish? And I mean, I see this when I'm going through technology sales and they can be very complex, especially when you're building things with not just unified communications, but now layering in cybersecurity initiatives, business continuity initiatives, bandwidth solutions. Now you have multiple different vendors, multiple different solutions, and you're trying to juggle them all at once. And that by its nature, just in the technology world is complex and confusing. So instead of saying, okay, we're going to you know layer on this advanced call center solution and we're going to do omni-channel integration with your CRM and we're going to do you know onto your website, all these little screen pops, like let's go back to the basics. What are you trying to accomplish? Oh, you're trying to enhance your customer service experience? Well, let's maybe go into what your customers experience when they try to get in touch with you. And, and that I, I found just in my experience, that's changed the conversations away from okay, this person's trying to sell me X, Y, Z to instead, oh, this person understands what I'm currently experiencing and they're trying to offer a real tangible business solution or it could be if you're in the B2C world, a solution for an individual that not only makes sense, but now I can see how I can take this solution and put it into action and make it real. And, and now it's, it's not so much you're trying to convince them on buying the shiny object, but you're just showing them a way to accomplish the goals that they were already looking to accomplish in the first place. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so dangerous that so many B2B companies have a requested demo on their website. And then you show up to the first meeting and they do a demo in the first 10 minutes. Well, yeah, I guess if you're, if you're doing something that's very transactional, then, then maybe that could be okay if you can do discovery really fast. But with uh, one of the more advanced concepts that we work on with the share framework is if you're selling something enterprise or even close to enterprise, have the prospect do a demo of their current state. You touched on this a second ago. Have them, I call it a reverse demo, have them do their demo of how they currently do things today. Then when you do your demo, it's side by side and they can't unsee that. So when they come back, when the boss comes back or the CFO comes back and says, that's too expensive, now they can go fight for you instead of you fighting for them because you're saying, oh, look at that. It was, it was cool. You liked it. That doesn't close deals. Pain closes deals. Once they see it, they can't unsee it. That's one of my favorite expressions I used to use with my sales team. Um, well, Corey, unfortunately, I just looked at the time. We're already getting close to when you have a hard stop here. So I want to make sure we take the last five minutes or so of the conversation and really focus on 
the the tangible items and action items that our audience can take today because uh, i think you know they're they're hearing a lot of great first steps that they can take you know we're talking about putting structures in place we're talking about putting processes in place focusing on the reasons the resources the resistance going back to that triangle but also and no we're not selling fancy triangles folks i know you all got excited out there um but no we we want to make sure that when people are taking this episode today not only are they going to have some actionable uh you know steps that they can take right now how can people know that they're they're winning? How can they know that they're getting better besides looking at the sales, right? And especially if you're in a complex B2B world, you know, my sales cycle sometimes, I'm, I'm literally in an account right now, I'm in year five of building this deal. It's, it's just so many moving pieces, but yep. you know, you can have from five weeks to five months to five years for those individuals, how will, how will they know that they're taking the right steps, moving in the right direction and Maybe when they're not seeing that immediate return, they know it's going to be coming down the road. Well, I think that goes back to having a, a really strong process where you know what your stages of your sales cycle are. You know what the exit criteria are that are required to get to the next stage. You know what a good deal looks like. You know what a bad deal looks like. And you execute every meeting well. You execute it like it's, like it's the last meeting you're going to have with that prospect. You go back and review that meeting and you compare that against what, what good looks like. That's, that's where you can start getting some leading indicators of success, start coaching yourself, start getting coached by your manager, by your peers. I think that's key because like Yogi Berra said, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up someplace else. Yep. Tom Brady, we'll love him or hate him. Um, I was watching an interview he did and he said that he spends more time in the film room than he does on the field practicing. Yep. There's something important there. And I, I mean, I go through, I listen to all my sales calls. Um, and it's painful sometimes. You listen to a call from me, you know, back four or five years ago. Whoo, man, Brian, Brian 1.0 versus Brian 3.0, big difference. Um, and I think you're going to see that too. And those are real things you can look at and say like, oh yeah, I have gotten better. And, and hey, let's encourage people to uh, appreciate those wins. So with that being said, Corey, I, I appreciate your time today. And obviously we want folks to go ahead if they have enjoyed learning from you today, uh, we want them to go ahead and continue learning. Now, I, I mentioned before, you are the author of eight. Yes, count them folks, eight books. So you, you definitely have a lot of reading ahead of you folks. Um, so we'll include the links to Corey's, uh, his links for all the, the different books you can purchase, but also Closed Loop. You're the managing director at Closed Loop, Corey. So my call to action here for the audience is a, a, co a call to action that is towards Closed Loop. So what can they do when looking at Closed Loop and how can you help them out? Well, well here's what they can do is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of folks out there that want to sell big consulting engagements. There's a lot of people that want to sell their content. If you find a book that you like, send me a, a LinkedIn message and say, Brian Nichols sent you and I'll send you a, a free copy of one of my books anywhere in the US. And uh, and we can start with that because I don't sell stuff to people that don't need it. And so we start with discovery. And one of the best ways to start with discovery is to see if there's something that we've written about that we've open sourced that aligns with what your needs are. Go from there. Plus, I love my clients that put a little effort into it on the front end. If they're just looking for me to show up and have a magic wand, I'm all out of magic wands, people. Yeah, they're hard to come by. I went to the Disney store. I didn't see any extras. I think they're all gone at this point. Well, hey, Corey, with that being said, no magic wands, but we do have some, uh, yes, awesome resources available. And hey, like they, uh, Corey said, you go to LinkedIn, shoot him a message, tell him Brian Nichols sent you. You got a free book coming your way and you have eight to choose from. So uh, there you go, folks. If you enjoy the episode, please do me a favor. Make sure you go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, give yours truly a tag at B Nichols Liberty. Enjoy the episode. Email me, Brian at Brian Nichols Show. 
Corey.com. And hey, I'll make it easy for you folks too. If you want to go ahead, find any links, Corey social media, all the books he's he's gone ahead and written. Plus, I, I saw a rumor is there's a couple more books that are coming out here in, in the next uh, few years. So we'll make sure we keep that uh, yeah, close, uh, an eye close there. But uh, with that being said, folks, click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you today's episode over at briannicholshow.com where you can find all those links. But you can also find the entire transcript of today's episode plus all 460 episodes over at briannicholshow.com. With that being said, Corey Bray, thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at Liberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now.